Oh, it's pretty scary round this neck of the woods and this hardy dice friend's <laughs> Halloween special. I'm a man under a sheet disguised as a ghost. And over here, there's a werewolf by the name of... Chris Taylor. I'm sorry, you normally say my name. I'm sorry, we need to do that again because I was completely thrown off by that one. No, that's fine. I love the energy. Let's stick with it. It's great. It's Chris Taylor, everyone. Let's not. Let's start again. It's the most spookiest time of the year. Welcome to Hearty Dice Friends Halloween special. It's the most spookiest time of the year. My name's Grant Howard, a bag of bones floating around inside a sack of electric meat, and I'm joined as ever by the ghost-in-waiting Christopher Taylor. <laughs> Biding my time. Just a ghost steering around a body, waiting to die in a, in a great passion. And then become a proper ghost. Mmm. Get one rid day, of that. One day. Get rid of that burdensome meat. It's so heavy. So heavy. On the subject of burdensome meat, I don't have any way to go with that. Hello. Hello, beautiful listener. Reader, whatever the fuck you are. We are doing a Halloween special, by which I mean we remembered it was Halloween three minutes before we started recording and asked on Twitter if you had any questions. So the spookiest thing, uh, as, as we were discussing beforehand, before we started recording... What spooky surprises? So we're just going to scatter Halloween content, just ramshackle and shotgun style throughout this episode. And you're not going to know when it's going to arise. Woo. This may be traumatic for you and children spooky. in the room. So Chris, you live in a block of flats. I do, yes. And you don't live on the first floor. No. You don't live on the ground floor even. You do I, live, live, I live on the first yeah. floor, technically. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm guessing trick-or-treaters won't be an issue for you. They have uh, no means of accessing your, your domicile. They would have a genuine trouble getting through the magnetically locked gates and then yeah. into the second layer of security of the magnetically locked doors before they can get to the third layer of security of my house. Then, of course, you do have a gun. <laughs> and I will kill children with it. <laughs> the scariest thing of all, a dead <laughs> child. Um, no, but I live on a main road on the ground floor. Uh, I don't have any sort of candies or treats. Uh-huh. To give out, and I don't really want to go to buy a load of a, a load of cheap shit to give out to kids because like they might not come. So I'm trying to think, what can I get that children might enjoy that also I might enjoy when they don't take it? Chocolate cake. That's hard to put in a child's um, sack. No, I think I think it's fantastic because what you do is you turn up to the door with the chocolate cake, mm-hmm. and then when they like hold out their little bags, you just get a fistful. Not like a slice, like you just ah. grab a fistful and then squeeze it into their bags. Arm at full extension. Yeah. Like, like with all, with all the, the grace of a crane game. Yeah, as far, you want to be as far away from them as possible. Sneer the whole time and say nothing. And then they'll tell their friends. And nobody yes. will come to your house. I think I would also like to give them maybe an egg and a quid. <laughs> but the quid is in the egg. <laughs> Especially trained chickens, girl. <laughs> now, what you have, right, is because at that point you're bribing them to go, to go throw eggs at someone else's house. 
So yeah, I'm fine true. with kids throwing eggs at Halloween as long as it's not at my house. Or, or right. you could make the quid a surprise. Right? Microwave some fudge. Right. And then push pound coins into it. Okay. And then, uh, when and they're then chewing, solidify- delightful ah, monetary surprise. That's, it's like the sixpence in a, in a Christmas coat. Exactly that, but it's actually that's something that, that will buy something. Now, I did think, like, if, if there was something small I could give out easily to kids that I would like, even if they didn't take it, the answer is fags. <laughs> that's what they want. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, like, when I was 12, admittedly, I was one of those tiresome little shits who used to put other people's cigarettes in the sink. What? Well, like, like if you're at a party and one of your friends is smoking, and you're like, you're like, hey man, you're drunk, you shouldn't smoke, it's stupid, and like, I'd, I'd like take cigarettes off people. Oh my god, that's so much money. Well, not, I mean, not, no, sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't take a pack of twenty off them. You know, oh, okay. Like my, like I never, I never hung out with the sort of kids who would buy their own cigarettes. They'd just bum a cigarette off someone at a party, right? And I'd be like, no, no, not for you. I don't want you hurting yourself. I want you to st- to live long. My my little friend, and then smash cut to uh, to I'm going to say pretty much the second I moved out of my out of my parents' house, I was on about fifteen a day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, didn't didn't even try them before university. Never ne- never really wanted to. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's the true mes- me- me- message of Halloween. There, smoking is bad for your health. Well, what's scarier than your eventual death? From um, heart disease or lung cancer or emphysema or what have you. This is true. Yeah. So like, there's that, and like, and like, you're giving the parents a spook because oh, you don't, you don't want to see your kids smoking. No, that'd be a bit weird. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could also just get some like acrylic paint and paint them black, and then like write spooky words on it. I thought you meant the children. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm gonna paint the children black while they're at the door. Parents. Just roll it up and down their faces. That wet, happy like, Halloween. That sticky wet noise, just the yeah. noise. <laughs> the kids weirdly into it, standing completely still. <laughs> well, they're just they're just frozen in fear, I assume. Well, I see. In, in my other hand, I've got I've got a, a bag of full size Mars bars. <laughs> Whoa, full you, size! You stand still, you little shit. <laughs> There's a Mars bar in it for you. Let Uncle Grant give you a paint job. That's um, that got weird quick. No, it's not a sex thing, Jesus. <laughs> no, it's to upset, it's to upset their thing. parents. It's to I'm upset their parents. Weird quick. Yeah, it was the phrase paint job, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, what, so I, I write spooky words on the cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, like bones. Income tax. Oh, I see. Okay, it's not that spooky, income tax. No, but it is for their parents. That's You're trying to freak true. the parents out, not the kids. Oh, that's true. <laughs> So when the parent goes into light this harmless cigarette, exactly, then they go in contact. Oh my money! Oh no! You oh. haven't saved enough. Written Rising very age fine of the population. Silver paint. Jesus, oh, that's terrible. Okay, yeah, man, this is going to be the spookiest Halloween ever, isn't it? Yeah. And just think of all the money you're going to make off of our new tobacco brand. Mmm. So, Chris. I want you to ask me a question. It might be Halloween. It might not be Halloween themed. Let's just play it by ear, baby. 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 What you got for me? Uh, Deus Ex Magikarp asks, favourite horror mechanics? Mm. Straight in with a horror one. 
You weren't ready. You weren't ready. You weren't braced for I it. I wasn't. I, I thought. I thought we were going to establish normality at the start of the film, and then you're going to drop some horror on me later. Exactly. But no, I'm showing you the monster up front in a, in a very calm setting, so you can get used to the monster, and then it can spook you later. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so I can get really wacky and wild with it later on. Yeah, exactly. It puts on a different hat. Um, my favourite horror mechanic is the stability mechanic from Easter Terrorists. It's a very clever way of representing mental health. Mental health is obviously tricky to do in games. Uh, it's a very incredibly uh, tricky. It's incredibly tricky, and unlike, unlike, um, say, actual violence, I'm going to say most people who've played a role-playing game have been at some point mentally ill. Yeah, I think that, that Venn diagram's pretty much a circle. Also, I mean, like the amount of people in the world. Yes, suffer from depression is something, astonishing. Something like one in four people, I think. Uh, well, that's, that's diagnosed, you know. Yeah, it's true. Um, so we have a lot more personal experience than that, as opposed to being stabbed with a sword. Yeah. Or like, or pushing a goblin off a cliff. So it's tricky to model it sensitively and accurately. But Oosterist is a really cool thing where you have stability and you have sanity, and stability is your average day to day how normal you can be and then your sanity is your is is whether is fundamental aspects of the world start uh approved to be false mm. and you and you and you behave in an insane way it might be perfectly sane in reaction to the things you've seen but you know behave in an insane way and the great thing about stability is you can like missing your bus can do stability damage yeah. to you which is a really clever way of doing uh, of doing horror in game, of doing of doing um, like the, the the lack of control over over your over your own mind because something like Call of Cthulhu, like it starts with you see a corpse, and it ends with um, Carcosa cracks itself open like a great big egg, and you can and you can see I don't know the king in yellow um, doing a little dance in the sky, yeah, and that and like this that's too big. I've I've not seen a corpse. I don't especially want to. I think I have. Maybe I have. Possibly. I don't know. A lot of people um, have. Yeah, but it's not like missing the bus. Like it's like and having that stability lets you do little, little like those little shocks, those little problems which which mount up on you, which then which then give you a a a, a, a mental break at the end of it, which I really respect. I think that works for me. And one of the nice things about it is that it scales. So the only kind of constants are that the the sanity system is largely permanent. So when you mm. lose when you lose sanity, it just goes down. That's yeah. the sort of stuff that's going to get your character committed, mm. like make them non-functional. But stability will bounce up and down all over all over the place. Mm. And as you say, like it can be missing a bus, or if you take that system and put it into like a World War Two scenario, mm. missing a bus isn't going to really do your stability much much of a problem now but larger no. things will and it, yeah. it scales to the situation it's in which is real nice it also does pillars of stability which I forgot to mention uh, but the pillars of stability you get to say here are three things that are important to me here are three people or here are three like I've got my I've got my Alcoholics Anonymous meeting I've got my uh, I go to church and I've got my sister who I who, who I spend time with and those are all sources of stability for me and you can, you can lose those. The GM can attack those. The GM gives you ways, and it's just a really nice organic way. Like, which honestly almost seems out of character for Easter terrorists because it's quite a dry system. 
Yeah, it's quite a nice way of, of, of cementing your character in a world. It's really but, impressive. Yeah, so you need a you need a pillar of stability for every four stability you have. Mm. It was fear itself. That's why. Go on. Um, well, it's in it's on all the gumshoe ones. Yeah, it's all now. the ones now. Um, you have one for every four, mm. and if you lose access to that pillar, mm. you also lose the four, the four stability off of your high end rating, which is great, isn't it? Um, and there is, there is one for sanity as well, but it's more general, like, um, it's concepts like mathematics is, is yeah. constant. Mm-hmm. There is a god. Mm-hmm. Um, like your, your big driving factors. Yeah, like the huge things that you just know are true innately. So if they're ever person. proved wrong, then you can, then you, then you lose access to that bit of sanity as well. Mm. And it's a really yeah. tight little system. It's really neat. And the it's other not, one that can't, the other game that kind okay. of does something similar is Unknown Armies with hardened and failed notches on the stress gauges. Very clever. I suppose neither of these are horror systems, though, are they? These aren't really horror mechanics. Well, I mean, fear itself is. I suppose yeah, these these are more mental health. I'm trying to think of like, of like specifically horror things. Uh, Mothership has a really good rule where when one person loses it, everyone else everyone else takes takes stress like sanity damage, and so it's possible to have like the. Uh, the more powerful your character is, the more sanity damage they inflict on people when they eventually go mad. Yeah, like if you're the one hard-bitten soldier in the group mm. and you break and the other person is like a carpenter, mm-hmm. then it's more damaging to them because you're mm. supposed to be the strong one. Which is a really nice way of handling it. It's a really nice sort of power balance as well because everyone wants to be near the marine because they're like they're big and rough tough and you can take damage. But if they go mad, everyone loses it. Yeah. It's, it's really, really nice, nice. I really rate Mothership, actually. It's quite hard to look at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a I, very dense game. I almost game. can't read the book. Like yeah. It's nine pages or something, and I can't read it. Yeah, but it's, 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 a, it's a very cool idea. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, I think. Okay. I think we answered that one, kind of. Kind of? Like, just, 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 to, just to, to put the final nail in the coffin, as it were. Ooh. I, actually, I actually can't think of that many games with horror mechanics. Uh, dread. I'm not going to get into Dread. All right, but it, it is a horror mechanic. It's not. What do you mean it's not? It's tension? But it's not related to the game you're playing. What, is it, what do you mean? It's a horror game. It's not. I Terror hate Dread. I really hate okay, Dread. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a, well, I mean, I really don't like it when the Jenga tower falls over. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. I think, like, something about 5% of the Jenga towers that I've ever seen fall over it, I was somehow, I was I was invested in it you know, I was like, oh don't sure. fall over or, oh do fall over, but the other 95% it's been some prick at a bar <laughs> yes, like, just... oh let's play Jenga over and over, like some people have come out to a fucking game board bar a, 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 a gaming bar and I'm sitting, I'm trying to run Dungeons and Dragons with my cool friends and they've come out on a date some sort of awkward third date and they're like, oh let's go fucking Jenga shall we Tool. Why not, why not just take a shit directly on my campaign notes? <laughs> That's what they're doing by playing gender. gender oh, that, yes. oh, that, oh, that one prick who just played Guitar Hero every every single time we went to loading. But anyway, listen. <laughs> I'm working through some shit. Sorry. Apparently, yeah. On your notes. Mm. <laughs> that was a lot. Um, this is kind of horror adjacent. Okay. Would you ever choose death? writes in a Lend fiasco. Now, I'm not going to assume uh, this is referencing 
uh, both of our suicidal impulses. <laughs> I think not, because it's going to get dark quickly. I think, I think we're going <laughs> to... Would you ever choose death? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> well, Gee, that's a separate oh, podcast. Oh, that seems like the sort of thing that really should be on Radio 4 or something. <laughs> Um, to no. my therapist. Yeah, uh, no. This this this, this is in games. So this right. was, uh, I believe, this was uh, connected to a Wild West game of some kind. But the idea is that you can basically activate superpowers by choosing to die. Like you can, like you can die a good death, or you can choose a devil's bargain, okay. and that sort of thing. Um, John Harper, there. Ha- I think John Harper's actually put that word into the lexicon now. Well, the devil's like, bargain. Yeah, devil's bargain is now a thing in games. Ooh. Well done, John Harper. Thanks, John. Point is, would you ever choose to die in a role-playing game? Uh, yes. Yes, 100%. Yes. Like, I mean, it's, it's the, the old thing of drive, drive your NPCs like stolen cars. Yeah. Drive your player characters like rentals. <laughs> well, like you make sure that you get pictures of all the damage beforehand. Yeah, and you've got to give it back at the end, right? Yeah. At some point, you're going to give it back. But you yeah. can have a fun time before you give it back, and then giving it back's part of the fun. I, yeah, I, 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 I fucking love dying in role playing games, and that is again. Oh, we're getting back to the serious point again, aren't we? No, no it's fine. It's fine. You, you yeah. can do this. You, you can keep this light. Okay, it's dramatic and fun and exciting, and it's like it's the biggest thing that a character can contribute to the story, their own life, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I like that bit. The it, it, uh, it is weirdly hard in some situations, though. Have you noticed that? What do you mean? To get a character to die. Go on. Like, a lot of DMs will fight you tooth and nail. Oh, yeah. To keep a character alive. Yeah, that's fine. No, I'm trying to die! (laughs) It's the the last session. Come on. That is why I'm getting in the gasoline barrel to make sure that when we roll (laughs) it down the hill... I, know, I get it to the right place. That's why I'm getting in here to, in inverted commas, steer the barrel. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it can be really difficult. Mm, yeah, and like, there's you have Seventh C had a really good mechanic for it, which was players don't die, uh, player characters don't die unless they want to. Yep. And unless the player chooses to, and like, unless it's dramatic, and like you're always kidnapped or you're knocked unconscious or you fall off a cliff and you're rescued by people who own a boat, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, it's it's not a game about that, but there's there's so many fun things you can do with while well, it's time for my it's time for my dramatic death. Conversely, I will say, if you make it a core mechanic of the game, suddenly everyone tries to sacrifice themselves. <laughs> you can't move for player character corpses. <laughs> there was a bit in <laughs> when we were running Zombie Lop, um, we had I think like fully half the player character uh, classes were focused around death abilities in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was quite a common occurrence where they'd shoot their way in, they'd get to the objective, and there'd be a bunch of zombies like chasing them, and then everyone would start arguing over who was allowed to stay and have the last touch. <laughs> I like the petty bickering of heroism. I'll stay here and fight them off. No, 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 no. You've got so much to live for. Dude, none of us have characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, you should let me do it. You should let me do it, because I'm taller, and I bought a costume. I, yeah, um, I think that you you end up with some with some tricky stuff around that. But oh no, I I think it's great, and it it kind of it it, it rounds out your story. You know, it gives yeah. it gives your story a stop. And there's some games that work on a sort of stakes system, whereby you to actually be able to kill somebody, another another an enemy or something, you have to put your life on the line. Mm. 
Um, and until that point, you can't die. Mm. Like, you can just get into fisticuffs with them, and it's impossible to die in that fight. We go, okay, actually, I'm going to kill them. Now they have the chance to kill me as well. Yeah, like... Um, Dogs in the Vineyard. Yes. When you escalate yeah. the gun. Yeah, when you're just shouting and when you're punching each other, that's fine. Mm. Ultimately, nothing bad can happen. Just people can change their views. Yeah, but when but when shooting irons come out... Yeah, the, I mean, the, the big problem with Dogs in the Vineyard is that it escalates uh, very quickly most of the time. <laughs> Like, well, well, do you I want mean, tea or coffee? Uh, I escalate. I want justice. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the issue as well. Like, I think, I think there's a because it's a Vincent, it's a D. Vincent Baker game. There's an element of like, so there, there is a clever way to play this game, but also there's sort of the you can sort of get into the fiction of it. And mm. Chris, you are at heart a power gamer. Yeah, you you love to make the numbers dance, and so <laughs> if to my tune. I, I believe that you have a sort of innate sense of of stats, of, of <laughs> statistics and of, of statistics and probability. Not that you don't, like you don't know you couldn't cite the numbers or you're working. Oh, you're I, can, like, I, I can't even tell you all of the numbers. Yeah, but like you can there's, say, there's three around eight that I can't do. Three numbers. I, I, I'm missing three numbers. It's just it's it's very annoying. I can't find. I think they're on the back of the sofa, but it's they've a, gone. It's a real ball like I can't <laughs> understand how the Fast and the Furious films end. <laughs> it's like is that a prequel? I don't I don't know where it's, I am. Uh, it's Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of a thousand angry hornets. What's the question? Choosing death. Are we still on that one? Yeah, we are. Do it. It's great. Ask me a question. <laughs> Yeah, also, also write it in your games, make it happen, put in yes. mechanics, do it. Death moves, etc. Mm-hmm. Listener Chris asks, how long would you keep a campaign story running? Assuming scheduling slash players dropping is not an issue, that is. How many sessions would you continue to build the same story before bringing it to an end? I think about seven games, honestly. Below ten. Yeah, below, t- like ten is my is my top limit for how, how much I give a shit. And it depends on the game. Because something like D and D, you've got quite a short amount of. There's not not much you can do per session if you're doing fights, for example. Yeah. Uh, but something like say Monster Hearts, you can have big sweeping things go back and forth and huge developments and that sort of thing. So I think about ten sessions is my is my limit because it it just gets out of control, you know. Yeah, and also there's when you don't know how long the campaign's going to be at the start. Mm. There's this tendency to just keep adding stuff yeah and you get a very cluttered campaign with like 30 different plot lines that they've ignored but Mm. that are kind of still present in the world yeah they're still written down yeah and like you remember them and one of the players remembers them Mm. and then you forget them but one of the players still remembers them so i think like so i've run i've run long-term games i ran a game of 13th age for quite a while when i was ours and I think, like, the, the way I did that was I did it in arcs. So it was yeah. like, this part of the game is going to be about investigating this place. And you're going to go here and do some adventures. And then once that's over, we'll come back and we'll chat. But basically, the game will be over at that point and we can choose to start it again. Yeah, like, you can have different characters. You can... Mm. So I guess that's one of the problems, isn't it? Like, sometimes you end up having done everything you want to do with a character. Especially playing a fighter, yeah. And yeah, and I mean, this is less true necessarily of D&D because it takes you for fucking ever to get to, to max level. 
Yeah, or, or, or based or just on like, what was written. Or just like uh, any game where maybe uh, advancement isn't such an important thing, or it's or it's difficult to get big differentiants. Differentiants. Differentiationists. Yeah, between your characters, I think I think everyone can work out what we're talking about. Hundred percent. Mm. And so that's that's quite a that, that that can get quite frustrating after say session three. I mean, do you remember, do you remember fucking Wushu? <laughs> yes, Wushu no, is no, the no most exhausting game. <laughs> it's so tiring to just operate in that world. Yeah, it's 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 exhausting. Like your campaign there, you're pushing it if you go to two sessions. Mm, yeah, it is. It is strictly a one-shot game, and like we had, we had some really awesome short-term campaigns. Oh, I think it's straight up the game I've I've spent the most hours in. It's it's really it's really fun. Yeah. It just it's just like it's so so Wushu um, for the uninitiated is it's a very simple system. You roll the d6 under a stat, you make up the stats yourself, and you get as many dice as you say basically sentences or details up to a cap, generally between four and six, and you just describe cool action scenes and go at it. You know, yep. And um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's it's the fun bit of role playing. But it's the fun bit of role playing. Like it's the espresso of role playing. Mm. It's it's cooking in multiple ways because it's like you can have a cup of coffee and that's your D and D. It's great. It's fine. I mean, D and D is probably McDonald's coffee. Um, hey, McDonald's coffee is pretty good. Yeah, but it's not good coffee. I wouldn't, I wouldn't seek it out, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. If, if you were like, I need some coffee. Oh, this is cool. I'm enjoying this. This is this is doing its job. Um, but then you get, like, you, you get Wushu, which is this compressed, like, nitrous <laughs> of a goddamn game. It's the, it's the sort of coffee which is taken up the nose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Powdered. Comes from Bolivia. We've aerosolized this coffee. Yeah. We're going to spray it through the room. Try not to open or close your eyes too much. <laughs> Don't blink. It will scrape the cornea. Yeah, it's real bad. So once you open your eyes, my God, leave them open. Oh yes. However, yeah. you, you, they will start twitching. They will start twitching. So that's that's going to be a challenge. We just want to let you know up front. But you've got you you with Wushu, You've got maybe maybe about two hours of gameplay after you light the fuse. Yeah. Um, and it, then everybody just has a nice lie down and some vodka afterwards to calm down. Oh, you know, we should play it again, man. We should. It's it's, it's you know it's yeah. just. Fun. It's it's uh, such a tight little thing, and it's just yelling at each other. I think I think like it's it's uh, in, in in terms of in terms of game design, what it does is it's it's an improv test. Yeah, it's so it's like the fucking definition of the magic circle. You you talk about DPS checks in um, in MMOs, mm-hmm. where it's like, can you do enough damage quickly enough to kill the monster before it kills you? And Wushu is an improv check. It's can you make up shit together? Because if you can't, it's going to become real clear who isn't who. Like he's the odd one out here. Yeah. The the thing about Wushu and the way it works is because you're every single time you're constantly coming up with essentially six details, mm. and you're doing that for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. The only way to progress the game is to be good at improv. Mm. If you, for instance, have a magical sack which you can pull anything out of oh God, that as, as your abilities, Jesus. and the thing you always pull out of it is the same gun, that's not going to do anything. That guy, that guy stomped a child to death in the first five minutes of the game. He did, yes, he did. And yes. it, it was before, it was before, like, it was before the session. <laughs> I just saw him out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't okay. let him in, really. Had these big shit kicker boots on, and he he bothered some kid, and he was like, "Yeah, whatever, kill him." And it's like, 
I, I was only in second year. I didn't have the opportunity to be like sort of like, hey, what the fuck? What the hell? What the, what the fuck are you doing? This is a pretendy fun time game. What the hell are you doing? Get out. Was, uh, so I just had to sort of roll with it. Yeah, but it is it is a it's, it's a lovely. It's, oh god, it's good. We, yeah, but, you know what? Let's break cruci- out again. But crucially, it is a game that leaves anybody who is not fast enough in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And I completely get that a lot of people are going to hate that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people with wrong opinions. <laughs> it is it is RPG improv gatekeeping. Hmm. Because if you, if you if you can't or you not 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 that you're just bad at it like you haven't practiced you haven't done it before, mm. you'll have a load of people who have done it before just go into it and go into it fairly hard and you feel a bit left behind. Yeah, I, I think like it's a bit like I think Chris I, I think you and I have both felt this. But you know when people start discussing politics intelligently. Yes. And there's the argument of oh I should just go do the washing up maybe. Ah uh, yeah I should just go so, and, go and stand in the snow. Well, it's it's like it's like you have you have you maybe have some friends over for dinner, and then like I mean we're all we're all sneering lefties obviously, and so it's not like you have a big political disagreement, but everyone will be like, oh, what do you think about Gove? And I'll be like, um, oh God, I don't know. I spend all my day reading Lexicanum to learn about forty k law. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna we, go outside. We're just not those people. We're just not those people, and like, and like, we should be. We should be politically switched on. We're not. But there's that element of like, oh, I shouldn't be here. Oh no. And it's like, it's like, and and suddenly you flash back, and you're standing against the wall at the school disco, and none of the girls are dancing with you. <laughs> it's, it's that, but yeah. less interesting. <laughs> yeah, the music's not. The music's not as good. Yeah. So my point is, um, you should. Wait, I've forgotten the question again. We should. It's really good. You should play it. I think the question is: was would you ever choose death? Wasn't it? Oh no, that was, that was the previous question. one. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, we got so, got so into wushu, I'd forgotten which question. I would choose. Doing. I would choose death in wushu, but then I would come back as a ghost next round. Yep, it wouldn't even it matter. Wouldn't even matter. Who's turns it to ask a question? Uh, yours. Okay. Beskar Tom writes in: If dolls are the most haunted object in this universe. What are some haunted objects in other universes? Maracas. Mm. Now, I've always been a little bit afraid of the maraca. Have you? Yeah, I don't like maracas. Yeah, but like, why? Well, it was always that it was. So we didn't we didn't have triangles at my primary school, and that was that that was the shit instrument you get given. And I always used to hate getting <laughs> given the maracas. We just have, we had to yell into a traffic cone. That was the one instrument our school had. <laughs> I was very wealthy primary. Mm. Um, so, so you used to get maracas and you used to shake them in time to the, to the rhythm of the beat. Yes. And now I can only imagine those maracas, if they're in a cupboard, being haunted. Like you know, like, like you got a doll in a cupboard. Right, yeah. And the doll the dolls don't make noise, but maracas absolutely do. Mm. And just in the middle of the night, you're hearing maracas go off. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, and like and like they'd want to come out and be shaken. Yeah, and then one of those one of those absolutely terrifying um, Mexican bands you get in restaurants put spectral <laughs> um, floats through the door and uh. Uh, does an entire song and then just holds up their hand and coughs. Okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, no, there's no murder. It's just yeah. it's just it's just infuriating. Just a, a spectral mariachi. But like you know that they're being made to wear that outfit, and like yeah. they know it's uncomfortable when wearing it. Yeah, and the hats get get caught on doors. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's not good. 
Um, so I think the thing about dolls is they have... We're assuming most ghosts are human. It yes. seems like nothing else has the capacity to go ghost. <laughs> this really terrifying ferret ghost. Right? It, it, it can get everywhere. But most ghosts are human, and the thing about dolls is that they have most of the human bits, you know, arms, legs, head, bum, etc. Yeah. So you can so there's kind of a one-to-one mapping. And I think maracas, you've just got the ghost rattling around in there. So you might have some issues kind of conceptualizing that, which is why I'm putting forward dogs. <laughs> the haunted dog. Yeah, it's basically one-to-one mapping. But like, imagine in this other universe, you go over to someone's house and like, ugh, that dog keeps looking at me. It's <laughs> just staring at you. Oh, I walked in his room and he had a hundred dogs lighting the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario there, you've got, you wait ten years and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. finally the dog's died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I can go back to their house. And now what you've got is their new dog is haunted by the ghost of the previous dog who is haunted by the ghost, ghost of the previous of the dog. Oh no, it's just dogs all the way down. And you just start it, it, stacking ghosts. You don't get dog ghosts. No, you don't get dog it's ghosts. Only, well, there's only, well, there's Ghost Dog, which is that Forrest Whitaker film. Mm-hmm. But that's different. Where, that's, that's, that's about being a Samuel on a rooftop and loving yeah, pigeons. Kind of, yeah. It doesn't have any ghosts or dogs in it. It or might be a dog. Action. Plot. I'm pretty sure dialogue. someone gets shot. So, okay, not much dialogue. Someone gets shot clean through the head. That happens. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, not a lot happens in that film. There's an awful lot of Forrest Whitaker reading the rules of Bushido. Yeah. Yeah. Which you um, could have done at home, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like in Snow Crash, where Neil Stevenson <laughs> decides, oh, you know what, I'm just going to put in my thesis on language and Babylonian. <laughs> uh, and then 60 pages. I have a character literally called the Librarian. That'll bulk this crap out. Yeah! It's not a Neil Stevenson book until you can kill a rat with it. <laughs> and that's a Stevenson promise, turns the camera winks. Chris. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, dogs or maracas. Thank you very much. Should we move on, Chris? <laughs> yes, dogs or maracas. Onwards! I'm going to have to translate this name back, but I think it's Nathan Blades asks, What RPG class is Dracula? So... Your Vlad Tepeses, mm-hmm. we're looking fighter, we're looking warlord there, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm. period, definitely combatant or mm-hmm. leader of men. But now we get to Dracula, mm-hmm. lonely dude in a castle. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fighting going on. No. And like, and like he does no magics. Does no magic. Is Dracula a bard? That's what I'm thinking, Chris. I think Dracula might be a bard. One of the ways you can you can get bardic magic, like a bardic performance, is a dramatic performance or a speech, which mm-hmm. can be improvised. So whenever Dracula comes in from a balcony and is like, "I'm going to eat this virgin," that's just, that's the, the reason why he's so fucking extra about the whole thing is so he can effectively generate charges. Is that is that what is that is that his spellcast noise? Is that sort of whoa noise? Is that, is that is that it? Yeah, I think so. That's 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 the that's the somatic component. <laughs> it's just you just it's silent in the bedroom. There's there's, there's a faint breeze and the uh, the the curtains just sort of flutter a little as the windows open. Garlic hanging everywhere, and you just hear this very faint. <laughs> Floating up near the window. Oh, I'm cleaning the windows. <laughs> and then he can sneak in. 
<laughs> just <laughs> just see him levitating a piano. Yeah, he's, no, no, he's got he's got like but, a ukulele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just, but he's trying to play it incredibly quietly. <laughs> Just really just touching the strings. I think Dracula is a bird. He's not a barbarian. He's not a pally. He's not a cleric. I think that that he is he is so extra. The only class we can give him is maybe sorcerer, and you and like you rationalize that with infernal bloodline. I guess, but not but not enough magic. He's just he's he's just like he's he's not he's just a dude, isn't he? Like he's not yeah he's not explained, right? It's not like oh there's lots of us out here. It's just Dracula and his and like his mates. His and daughters, the sisters, and stuff, you know, yeah, the sisters, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, it's heavily implied that he's responsible for them, isn't he? Fuck, I don't know. I've not read it. <laughs> it's a nightmare, mate. It's all letters. What? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be some pictures, right? No, no, no. I mean, it's done in letters. Gross. Uh, not like what? Not, oh god, not like characters. <laughs> Correspondence. Oh, it's got it's got characters too. Yeah, oh, Jesus. You <laughs> did English. <laughs> And an American. Let's go on to the game design part of the, of the show. Let's. Did you ever want a game to exist? But not enough to make it yourself. Grant and Chris make games. Woo! I love that noise. It's good, isn't it? It's the best part of it. So I'm, I'm going to put forward something here that I have absolutely no idea how to do. Okay. But I want to do it so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, chap of steel on Twitter, said mm-hmm. Ghostwatch, the RPG. Now, is, is Ghostwatch like Springwatch? What's Springwatch? Uh, they set up a camera outside a Badger set and then look at it for a while. Oh, with Oddie and that lot. Yeah, Oddie, who I really don't trust. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. Oh, what's Ghostwatch then? So Ghostwatch was... BBC's War of the Worlds <gasps> broadcast. I remember it now. Yes, yes. Why don't you explain what it was to the listeners, though? So it was, it was in the the eighties, nineties, early nineties, I believe. Early nineties, um, the BBC did a what, what is now fairly commonplace. These kind of ghost hunters. Yeah, it was kind of found footage, wasn't it? Yeah, it was found footage, and oh, it's broadcast live, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the point. Is, yeah, crucially, it was live, in theory. Um, and they went to this house, and it was a scary time in there. Mm. Um, and I won't—I really won't spoil it because if you can find a copy and watch it, it's—it's it's perfect. But the BBC put it out live, and all of the presenters were highly reputable, known celebrities, mm. like newscasters. It was the dude who did um, "This Is Your Life" and that sort of stuff. Was, was, was Michael Burke on it? Yeah, yeah, old Burke. He was Michael Burke. I don't know. Anyway, anyway that, that that grade of person. That grade of people. Like, it was yeah. genuinely reputable people who mm. were acting utterly terrified to all these, to, to essentially walking around a ghost house. Mm. And, like, they lost people. <laughs> people were screaming. At certain points, it cuts back to the, the, the main, like, BBC News thing. To the guy, like, we, there's, there's nothing coming through the, through, through the live stream. Oh, that's exciting. And people flipped their absolute shit. Like, well, this was would, confirmation yeah. of ghosts. Yeah. And it's astonishing. It's mm. worth digging out. You can buy it on DVD from Amazon last time I saw. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's being streamed anywhere. Um, it's heavily dated now. Like, you'll watch it now and go, that's not that scary. 
Yeah. But at the time and like time slots it was on, like it wasn't midnight on BBC. Yeah. It was like a like a prime time slot it was aired on. So I think the challenge of doing it is the fact that the fun part is that famous people are in on the joke. Mm. And you're watching them and it's like, oh, what if they're what if they were actually doing this? And like and putting yourself in the mindset that you're like, isn't what 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 if this were real? What if this is actually happening? This is really exciting. And I think that you're removing so many layers with a role playing game, you'd really struggle to get that sort of, that same sort of fun. Absolutely. I think it would be nightmarishly difficult. Um, I think the closest you could get is something like Primetime Adventures. Yeah. Something like that, like something a bit more freeform. Just some, some, something, something actually fairly dry. But yeah. you, but you let the you let the the characters interacting do the fun. Or indeed, I mean, just I mean, there's um, a Delta Green sort of sub setting called Phenomen mm. X, mm. where you play ghost hunters do, 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 do. for um, cable television. Mm-hmm. And actually, like going into it like it was real might be quite fun. Mm. And trying, like, the thing is, you've got to try and get everything on camera, right? And like prove the existence of these things, and then get out with the footage. It's, it's like it, it might make a really fun LARP. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, the problem with LARPs is if you say, "Hang on, is this real?" No, it's a LARP. Well, no, but what you do? You got that rabbit holing issue. What you do is you just get a load of mates, rather than like advertising, hello, there's a LARP, by your ticket. Right, yeah. You get a load of mates. Mm-hmm. And you give everybody like bog-standard cheap cameras, just mm-hmm. not their phones, so they can drop them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because it's Halloween, you go to the proper like high-end haunted houses. Right. And you buy oh, in. Oh, you treat it as real. You buy in. You treat oh, everything as cool. though it's 100% real. Oh, that's an interesting way of doing it. This might be something good to organise for next year, honestly. And, and like, and like, like you, walk, you, you walk back out to the organisers. There's actual fucking ghosts in there, man! Yeah, and then what you do is... You're selling the, tickets? At the end of all of this, yeah. you get somebody to edit the video together. Oh, that's fun, yeah. And you've got, like... I mean, it's not the, the world's best RPG, but it is, like, the world's best memento of a day out. That's that's actually that's actually kind of kind of a fun way of doing it. It's like trying trying to shoot the Blair Witch inside a haunted house. Yeah, like everybody there has to buy into the whole the whole shtick of the haunted house. Yeah, you have to even if you're not scared, you have to act scared. Yeah, yeah, and like and you have to and like it'd be really it'd be really fun for the uh, for the people doing it as well. Yeah, because like they're they're normally used to I imagine blokes going oh I'm not scared whatever. Yeah. Or children hitting them, which is a common thing, apparently. Yeah, I can, well, I mean, uh. like that's when something lunges around the corner at you. Mm. One of your initial reactions is to put your hands up and push. Yeah. So I can see that happening a lot. So Damn, it's that'd be so it's fun. A, it's an experiential LARP, and I think, and I, th- I think also like leading up to that, you should do a a live action version of De Profundis, which is which is the game where you write each other spooky letters. Yep, but. Just on the walk there, like, like anything, like anything that's slightly weird, you you're like, oh my god, what's actually happening? And like maybe maybe you could maybe you could have a couple of people just dress up as spooky monks or something. If you do it on Halloween, there's gonna be spooky people anyway. Exactly, yeah. Ah, oh, that's just great. Just walk down the high street, but also like like the day of, like you make it a whole day, 
so mm. you've got until like nine o'clock whatever when the, the haunted house is open mm. like you do you do interviews okay like so daria you're, mm. you're you, you why did why did you get into this job why are you investigating why why <laughs> wanted to find wanted to find the truth you know and you just role play the interview so you can cut those in they leave they leave the haunted house at nine o'clock right mm-hmm. and um they walk out on the town and everyone's dressed in, in, in Halloween gear and the one thing you put in is you pretend no one was dressed in Halloween gear beforehand. Like, you pretend they don't know what Halloween is. Yes. And they come out and it's suddenly this night of demons and witches and I presume be quite a lot of jokers this year. <laughs> and indeed every year. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, why, why do they think it's okay to act in character? I don't know. Them and fucking Deadpool. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. I've got an option. Okay. I've got something I want to put forward. Now, the title of this game is either True Men or Man's Life. <laughs> so this this comes in from Michael Signal Station. Uh, Man's Life, the RPG of animal attacks, men, and life. And uh, this is so this is from uh, from look, look like sixties uh, pulp magazines. Yeah. And they have like every every time. They have um, a man whose shirt is ripped, a woman whose shirt is ripped, and they are being attacked by some sort of exotic creature. For example, the first one we have here is them in a swamp, and the phrase, lizards from hell, and a bunch of lizards with weird man faces are jumping at them. The other thing is, none of these, this was just the 60s, so it was very hard to get um, like photo reference for animals, they had yeah. to just guess. Um, and then... That's, that's kind of the cover story, but then they've also got the harbour for love on the west coast. San Diego. Passion port of the Pacific. And I was half eaten, half dead. And also, American men are unfit for married love. <laughs> San Antonio. Home of Texas's love happy girls. Chewed to bits by giant turtles. What the shit? The first gunman with an iron chest. What a world to live in, right? What a world to live in where that comes through your door and that's just okay. Kill the Air Force now! What? <laughs> it's just written across the top. It's really... So there's a, there's a lovely thread. Uh, it's, it's by Pulp Librarian. If you search for um, why girls in red blouses keep dating this guy, which is, which, <laughs> which is the text. And so basically the girl's always wearing a red, a red blouse. But they've got 12 of these covers. And it just it posits... It, trapped in a sea of giant crabs, this, <laughs> this like it, it, sex can be fun. Can this, be fun. <laughs> oh, last one. New U.S. menace: teenagers in black leather jackets. Good lord! Uh, on the cover of that one, two men, uh, brothers from the looks of it, shirtless, being Kissing. ripped apart. They're being ripped apart by flying squirrels. Ah, weasel and- ripped my flesh. Every single one of these images, they are always at least waist deep in water. <laughs> Is it the same artist? Because they might just not have been able to do feet. They're very similar artists. It's not all the same one, I don't think. Well, maybe, um, they, maybe they went to the same school and that school just didn't teach feet. Mm. Love-starved women are lousing up college towns. <laughs> so yeah, up. it's... Lousing up. It's kind of you know it's FHM, it's proto FHM that sort of thing, and it's coming out of the the, the pulp the pulp novels. Yeah, so they're, they're sort of penny dreadfuls that sort of thing. But I really like the idea of any any um you've got you've got the it's kind of the Danger Five 
vibe. Yes. There's kind of there's a, bit, there's a bit of Archer in there. There's maybe a bit of um, whatever that weird one was with that girl who said Jesus all the time. Pacific uh, Heat? Pacific Heat, yeah. Yeah, which which meant well, I think. Well, I watched them all. Yeah, I thought they were certainly on when I was in the room. Mm-hmm. But that level of, like, that sort of camp thing, and your boss talks in this voice. And is sometimes a eagle. Remember, kill Hitler. That sort of thing. I think that I'd have, unlike everything Matt Berry's done. <laughs> Just ever. Matthew Berry. That that grade of really silly things. Now, it is unfortunately a man's life for true mm. men. So women are relegated to the role of having a ripped um, red blouse and being menaced by, um, in these covers, animals. And in some of the covers they didn't show, Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Germans are quite popular. There's the whole sort of uh, Nazi sexploitation yep. uh, vibe. I want to avoid that. I don't want that. I just want flying squirrels to menace me and my shirtless bro. <laughs> I, I mean, part of me kind of thinks that it might be quite interesting to just to limit the characters to the, so the character classes are just different types of men. Can 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 one of the characters be be shirtless woman or sorry sorry ripped ripped blouse woman or is she just an NPC? No, just an NPC. Everything okay. is just like expressly men. Okay, so your classes are man's man, woman's man, man manly man. Not man's manly, man, manly man, manly man, um, and things like that. Because girly then, man, like you're 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 playing up and pointing out how stupid the stereotypes are. Spider man, rather than rather than correcting them in the in the book. Yeah, you're playing the silly stupidness of it and going, look at how dumb this is. I think you could probably do something fun with an Austin Powers style thing. Yes, uh, where these men from the sixties, fifties, and sixties are transported forward in time to solve problems in 2020. And <laughs> Looks like that woman's about to open a door herself. <laughs> Looks like that woman's about to start a business. Not in my watch. <laughs> just, and he punches out a turtle for an unrelated reason. <laughs> and then smash cut. Somehow they're in a bayou. <laughs> it's waist deep in water. Like it was Regent Street. <laughs> Who knew there were so many buyers underneath Regent Street? Don't worry, love. I'll keep you safe. Who are you? <laughs> Why did you put this red blouse on me? And <laughs> she's just like she's on her phone. She's yeah. calling the police. And like, and I think like the 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 stats you've got are so it's the game's man's life, and the stats you've got are man and life, <laughs> and um. It's basically honey heist or all that bubblegum, but uh, man is manly actions and life is everything else. And if your if your life hits zero, you die, and if your man hits zero, you realise what you're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be a crushing come down for these bizarre caricatures. Oh no! <laughs> oh God! I am so sorry. None of those snakes are even venomous. I bought them from the Seychelles. <laughs> okay, I quite like Man's Life. I really love the idea of a Halloween lot. I, th- I, th- I think I think we can have a bit of a look around. See if there's anything else we've got to got on offer. Yeah, let's take a look. Like Alexander the Fine suggests an apple a day. How far will you go to keep the doctors at bay? <laughs> so it's an idle game. It's an idle game. It's an idle game. 
Um, and you are in a you are to start off in a house, and a doctor comes poking around trying to get in, and so <laughs> like a door to door doctor salesman. Yeah, yeah, hello, madam. Do you have all the healthcare you need? And you put down an apple, and he's like, "Whoa, shit!" and runs off. But <laughs> it's then, like a witch ball, they cut into the house with an apple in it. A witch ball. Yeah, witches traditionally hate their own reflections. Oh, so right, okay. So in the entry hall to buildings, you hang a sort of uh, six-inch steel sphere. Oh, right, okay. Um, because it's a, it's a 360 mirror. Oh, right, okay. There's nowhere, there's nowhere yeah. that, you, that doesn't have a viewing angle on it. Oh, cool. Um, and that's what a witch ball is. That's a nice idea, I quite like that. Hmm. Um, it's like that, yeah. Um, but he sees an apple and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going back to medical school <laughs> to get no, stronger. Thanks. And so, like... Become a surgeon. So yeah, so apples only work on medical doctors. But then one, you've got more routes of ingress. It's kind of like tower defense, I suppose. You've got more routes of ingress. Uh, like mm. doctors are coming in through the back garden. You've got some coming in through the roof. Maybe they're, they're burrowing up through the floor, lunging at you with stethoscopes. Yeah, uh, like they they, uh, they they move into the house next door to you and burst through the wall like in Deus Ex. And then you get non-medical doctors. Doctors of literature, what keeps them away? Papayas? We don't know. People who think they're doctors but just aren't. Yeah, um, Dr. Phil, yep. um, who cannot trade under his uh, under the name, under Dr. Surname, because he's. I think he was disbarred. Or <laughs> defrocked. What's the one for doctors? De- Disdethoscoped? No, it's not that. Stripped naked. E- excised? I don't know, but that. Mm. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so you've got various doctors coming in trying to cure your terrible diseases. Your body's rife with awful diseases and you're not going to let them see. Chris, it's a hoarding simulator. <laughs> These are social workers trying to get into your house. <laughs> no, honestly, I think you could just take literally any zombie game mm. and just change the setting. Just change what the zombies are. They're just different yeah. types of doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. And like, like, and like, like, like the big fat zombies that explode, they're just mm-hmm. dietitians. Yeah, yeah, and you've got uh, like 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 a doctor of philosophy will jump on your back and ride you around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fa- famously, of course, pediatricians have very long tongues. They used to snare people from nearby rooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've startled the gynecologist. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> and of course, the the gaggle, the gaggling hordes of um, GPs. Mm, yeah, oh. swarms of them. Oh no, someone come again. They're locums. <laughs> yeah, um, so, and again, you're not shooting them, you're just placing fruit. Yeah, yeah, you're throwing an uh, apple at them. Like, that's Chris, a grenade. Chris, this is Plants vs. Zombies. This is Plants vs. Zombies, isn't it? Yeah, we can't have this one, unfortunately. But it's not, dude. It's normal people versus doctors. Right, yeah, but they are using fruit, and the doctors are reskin zombies. <laughs> Yes, but in Plants vs. Zombies, they're not reskinned. All right, okay. And All we right. are at no point plants. Okay. Richard August writes in Mackenzie Crook's Big Evil Book. <laughs> Can he even carry it with those arms? <laughs> it hurts him. <laughs> He's so thin. He is a vile creature, is Mackenzie Crook. And Mackenzie Crook has buried himself, Eugene Victor Tomb style, in your air vents. And he's reading <laughs> from a very big book. You can hear the pages and the annoying banging sound as he tries to move it, like one of those giant floor atlases you had as a kid. 
as he scrapes one of his 16 elbows <laughs> against the wall. He's and a he's naughty boy, isn't he? He's a naughty... I think, you know what, I think I, I think I dislike the look of him too much <laughs> to make a game of it. You know what, nothing against Mackenzie Crook, he's a fine actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, and he, his comic timing is pretty good as well. Yeah. I just... It just it's, he's like he's like someone's he's like someone's putting glass in my eye. Looking at him, it's like somebody's stolen all of his muscle. It's really oh, you know what? What if he hears this? I'm sorry, Mackenzie. You can come on the show if you'd like. You've got a cool name. You do, but that's it. Like he's he's incredibly funny. He's just wiry. Richard August also writes in John Craven's War Raven. <laughs> Which one's John Craven again? Countryfile. Oh yes, that I can believe. Is he dead now? No, he's still on Countryfile. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. So it's just him flapping a really big raven around. Well, no, I'm just imagining the kind of, like, the slow pan over, over Somerset. Mm. Um, and there's, like, some sheep. And then this probably 40-ton raven, like, skids to a halt in the field, <laughs> tearing sod and all sorts of different stuff around. Crash lands like a goose. And then one one wing just goes down, and Craven just walks off and goes... Greeting, country filers. <laughs> Are you prepared for the unshoeing battles? Coming in this week. The problems farmers are facing in the southeast. It's me. I'm the problems. Today we raise towns. <laughs> Bring out your firstborn. A guide to delivering your firstborn to me, John Craven, <laughs> Lord of War. <laughs> That's postal box four fifty two. He just he's smoking opium through a through a thigh bone. Just openly. <laughs> it's like in a Tesco. Of course, when I'm in power there'll be none of this. This will be wheat. <laughs> wheat to feed my armies. The armies that my crow wife has spawned. <laughs> just pats the raven. He pats the raven's meaty flank and looks up and to the left. And thinks, and it goes, and it's just acres of raven eggs. <laughs> acres upon acres of giant raven eggs. No, they're normal size. Are they? Uh, some of them. They yeah, there we go. Yeah, they're very. Some of them are stuck to the yeah. ceiling with a kind of paste. Gross. Um, Gay Ferrari does write in with Spider Jewel. So, what's our game? Apples or Halloween? I want Halloween. I want to I go want to a Halloween with the camera. Yeah. Yeah, there's not enough. Um, I want to earnestly enjoy something, even if I have to pretend to do it. Exactly. The only way that I can unironically enjoy things is by getting into a character who is not me. <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely brain. Yeah. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, um, please go to a Halloween LARP. Do a Halloween LARP next year or this year. Because I imagine there'll probably still be some spooky things happening this weekend, won't there? Yeah, I'm sure. It's Thursday. It's the Thursday Halloween, so we should be okay. Um, let us know how it goes. We love you. Our game this week is Halloween LARP. What are we going to call it? Ghost to Meet You. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, it was Ghost Watch the RPG, but we can't use that for copyright reasons. How about Gullible Rube? <laughs> Sounds like a Texan landowner. <laughs> ha! I'm Gullible Rube, and here's my cousin, Rubable Gub. <laughs> Hello. And his new wife taking advantage. <laughs> I'm sure I have no idea what you mean. Honey, come back over here and drink some more of this lead. And sign this. Yeah, we'll call it Gullible Roops, the RPG, or something similar. 
Um, and that that is honestly a nice idea, and I think a, a fun a fun. You know, that's, that's like a two hundred word RPG, that sort of thing. You know, it's yeah. all, or maybe one of those games which is inexplicably six dollars on Itch.io. One of those, yeah. Yeah, one of those. I guess I guess you need the money. Uh, thank you. We love you very much. You are tall, sexy, scary, handsome, and a vampire, and we like all of those things. <laughs> I'm just cracking on the ukulele. Mm, mm, very, very, very quiet. Very good. <laughs> if you like us, you can give us money directly. Well, I say directly. Mr. Patreon gets a cut, doesn't he? Hmm? He does. He's, he's hungry for it. So if you want to give us 90% of your um, of your donation, 10% to Patreon, and then some fucking VAT, come along to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash hearty dose friends. You can give us some cash. It means we can keep doing the podcast. It means that we earn cash for doing it, which, make, which is A, an incentive, and B... Makes up for the time we don't we spend not writing games or doing our actual job while doing the podcast. <laughs> you do make it sound like an obligation. It is not an obligation. We do actually enjoy doing this. Oh, we do enjoy doing it, but also you know it's a it's a it's a job. Yes, you know. So yeah, come. It's a job, but we don't really get paid for it. So come and uh, come and come and pay us for it. Yeah, come and hang out in the Discord, uh, and we can tell you that we can tell you you're sexy directly via text. If you want to follow us on Twitter, don't bother. It's not really interesting. You can go along to GS Howitt. That's probably the best place to go on Twitter. That's mine. Absolutely. Yeah. I retweet anything important, Chris says. Yep. And also, you know, like our, our, our podcast Twitter is the same as ever at the fucking podcast Twitter. No one follows it. It doesn't do anything. I'm sorry I had to break it to you this way. <laughs> All you people with podcasts with a Twitter... We all no. know it does nothing. No one cares. I don't need to know your podcast is out, is out because it's always out on a Friday. It's always out. And it's, I'm not on Twitter listening to podcasts, am I? All right, I think, I think we're done here. And I think I'm getting a bit fighty. A nice cup of tea. In a yeah, okay. Um, oh, wait a sec. What's in this tea? Spiders? Sign this. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 